Hi friends, so my name's Rachel um, and I'm basically, I want to try and start my own podcast. I have had a YouTube account for I'd say two years now um, where I kind of inconsistently made videos um, and I just kind of think that maybe a podcast might be a bit more up my street. Um, I've come to this conclusion because I always find it very hard with YouTube because if I wanted to make a video, I felt like I had to be so like consistent or I felt like I had to be really productive in order to do it. But my idea of productive is very much like if I'm not up at 7am and if I'm not, um, if my whole room isn't clean, if I haven't washed my hair, if I haven't got all my other work done for the day, then I find it very hard to feel productive. And I mean, that's just my own kind of issue, I guess. But it just kind of meant that I always put YouTube on the back burner. Um, and I really think the main reason I wanted to have YouTube in the first place was because I just felt like I had a lot to say. <laughs> um, I feel like I have a lot of things I want to share and I did think YouTube was a place for it but and maybe it still is for some things but I also think a podcast might just be a bit more suited to me. Um, for anyone who doesn't know me that might be listening by chance, um, my name's Rachel, I'm, I'm 21. I'm currently in college, I'm studying law and I'm also working um in a coffee shop (laughs) so that's probably like my three personality traits um I think uh as well with the whole YouTube thing I kind of came to the conclusion that every time I would watch myself back I just like my self-confidence would just plummet so much um and I think that's probably kind of natural because like in the day-to-day you don't actually look at yourself when you're talking and you don't see yourself in the day-to-day but when you watch back videos of yourself you really notice every little thing and not to be like negative or anything starting off the podcast but it really did I just started to overthink it too much and I actually think that might be something I could make it a whole podcast about (laughs) um so maybe I will but yeah um I'm looking forward to sharing some of my thoughts here and I hopefully you guys enjoyed this podcast hopefully it doesn't bore people to death but I do just want to talk about things that I feel like I'm really passionate about and I didn't the issue I had with YouTube was that I felt like I was putting out content that wasn't really me or that I was just putting out because I felt like I had to be productive or consistent Whereas now with the podcast, I can just lie in bed. Like, guys, okay, probably this is too much for my first podcast, but I'm literally, I got in from work about an hour ago. I'm lying in bed. I haven't got up since I got in from work. I really would love to make a cup of tea, but I just, I don't have the energy right now. I've ordered a data, so that's on the way. So making this podcast is kind of a race against time. Um, A data, like a data tandoori, like, um, a, like a delivery food delivery so hopefully I get this done before the food arrives if not this might turn into a bit of a mukbang um but anyway I'm I'm just talking shit now so let me tell you guys what I actually want to talk about today okay whoa, 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 whoa. sorry to be a bit chaotic guys and okay this is by no means a manifestation-esque podcast but I think me talking about the data made it arrive because it's just got here like right now like 25 minutes early did I just make this food arrive early I probably did like wow wow anyway anyway so basically something I'm really passionate about and I know probably the majority of people are but I do feel like this is something that I just I think about a lot and I have a lot of thoughts on is just the whole general idea of love um maybe that's a bit sappy I don't know but it's just something I'm very passionate about and I feel like you know, I've done a little bit of reading, done a little bit of research, I talked to a lot of people about, like, love, and, like, I just, it's something I'd like to share my thoughts on. 
Now, what I'm going to kind of mostly talk about here is this book that I read. Um, it's about the five love languages. Um, let me just double check who wrote the book <laughs> real quick. I think it came out like forever ago. Okay, it's called The Five Love Languages. Um, the Secret to Love That Lasts by Gary Chapman. That's the name of the book that I'm basically framed this whole podcast around and that I read and it was really really it just ingrained a lot of things in me that I think a lot of people should kind of might also like to hear so by the way if you want to read the book that's what it's called you can look it up on Amazon I got it on my Kindle so I suppose like a brief like synopsis if that's the word of the book is that basically it talks about these five different love languages and the idea is that every person can kind of identify with probably all of the love languages but that every person has a predominant love language one that stands out to them and the book basically tells the story the guy who wrote it he I think he was like a marriage counselor like he he dealt with people who come to him and ask like why is our marriages failed or why like what's the secret to like a long-standing marriage or a long-term relationship blah 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 and he basically starts off the book by saying that the reason why when people get married basically you're so you're in this honeymoon period for this whole time you're in a relationship until you get married let's say and then people want to know why as soon as you get married does it all just feel like it goes a bit downhill and he was saying that the reason for that is because when you obviously meet someone you have this initial attraction um and a certain amount of it is just like a chemical reaction in your brain I guess but he was saying that you're kind of when you first meet someone you fall in love and you're just you put everything else in the back burner because people in general like there is no better feeling than being loved to most people even if you don't realize it like to be loved is it just gives us such a brings people such happiness that they will put everything on the back burner for example if you're in college you might say oh who cares about these assignments because I'm in love and it's this new exciting thing all these heightened emotions are there you both put all your effort into each other you just all you want is to just be with that person all the time um and for the most part with people once you get past the long-term relationship stage into the marriage stage if you do that feeling is kind of kept up for a while past the engagement there's all these exciting things um but once you get married like I feel like well he basically says that it's real life starts to happen which we all know and people have kids people have jobs there's a mortgage there's all these factors but what he's saying with these different love languages is that there's a way you can keep your partner's emotional love tank full and it's by speaking their love language um, I'll get into what all those love languages are shortly but just want to give you guys a bit of a backstory with the book you know just so you kind of understand what I'm talking about and by the way guys of course um, just knowing your partner's love language like it's not the main thing and I mean love in the sense of that chemical reaction I suppose does fade with time and then I guess love becomes a choice but I mean that's a whole other topic this is just one kind of area that I just think is interesting and I think it's a really small thing but I do genuinely think if people implement it it could just be so beneficial to so many relationships that I think it's worth a try you know I mean why not (laughs) so the five love languages in this order in the book the first one is words of affirmation second one is quality time the third one is receiving gifts the fourth one is acts of service and the fifth one is physical touch um there's actually a quiz you can do online by this guy (laughs) wrote the book and you can figure out what your love language is so maybe right now is probably a good time to get a cup of tea or something and do the quiz and then listen to the rest after you've done the quiz because it'll probably make more sense to you you'll you'll care a bit more (laughs) because you'll be like wait that is my love language so words of affirmation love language is basically all about 
I suppose if this is your love language, you love hearing things like, I appreciate that you're in my life, or wow, you look gorgeous today, or I'm so appreciative of everything you do for me, or just a reminder every now and then it's just to say, I love you and I really appreciate you being in my life. Um, It's less about like, like you might not have to see this person for ages, but a simple text could just fill your love tank, just, just so people know you're thinking of them. Um, I think it's a bit of an underrated love language because people think it's like, gosh, it's, it's only words or it's only text. But I think for a lot of people and a lot of partners, I think people do forget. You forget to tell your loved ones how much they mean to you. And I think you could forget to tell your partner why they're so special to you or what it is about them you love so much or just to remind them that you still feel that way about them. I think in the day to day, people kind of start to forget to say these things. And it, it, it does matter. It's the kind of thing that you would always tell someone when you're in the beginning stages of a relationship with them, I guess you'd always say, oh my God, I feel so lucky to be with you or um, you're just one of the funniest people I know or you always know how to cheer me up. But as time goes on, you kind of forget to say these things. Um, so that's the first love language. Second love language is quality time, which is, you know, I suppose things like, um, let's say if your favourite pastime is hiking, let's just say, your partner might decide to go on a hike with you or plan a hike for you um, as a way to show you that they want to spend this quality time with you. You know, they listen and they want to spend this time with you that you, they know you'll enjoy. It's, it's quality, it has value to you. Um, and it's just doing nice things with your partner. It can make someone feel very loved. So if that's your main love language, that's the kind of thing that would keep your love tank full. Um, and of course, it doesn't even have to be something so big as that. It could just be when you both get home from work, you spend an hour um, talking to each other and just sitting and asking about each other's day and having a conversation where you don't have your phones involved or where you just genuinely sit and you give your partner your full undivided attention. I think a lot of people with time, not that people start to get too comfortable, but I just think life goes on and it's understandable. I mean, people have lives and you don't always have the time to sit down for hours and end and talk. But I think for someone whose love language might be quality time, it might be the nicest thing in the world to just sit down for 20 minutes without any distractions and just say, you know, how was your day? And I want to sit here and share this moment with you. The next love language is receiving gifts. And I feel like this one maybe gets a bit of a bad stereotype because people assume it's like expensive gifts or that you only feel loved if your partner's bought you a new car or some gorgeous jewellery. And while that is a completely valid love language and while that might be the case for some people, which is fine, a lot of the time, people whose love language is receiving gifts is as little as your partner's gone out to the beach and has walked across a rock <laughs> and thought, oh, this is beautiful and I want to bring that home for my girlfriend or my boyfriend because it's reminding me of them or it's something I saw during my day that just made me think of them. It could literally be that you walked past their favourite chocolate in a shop and you picked it up for them because you know that they like it. It could be that you came across a card with a funny little piece of writing on it and you think oh haha that's funny like I'll write a little note to my partner because I think they'll feel appreciated by it um I think sometimes something something like that is just because it makes people remember that in the day-to-day even if their partner has the busiest schedule ever something during their day made them think of you or them or whatever which I think just actually does say a lot even though a lot of people might not probably think it the next love language is active service and I think this is a very interesting one because I feel like it's actually probably a lot of people's love language and you might not even understand why it's a love language um but it basically is things like okay let's just say you've been at home all day and your partner comes home from work they've had a really long shift and they come home and you've cooked dinner for them and they come in and there's dinner on the table um 
that could just be the difference that could make people think you know what okay I'm out working all day but when I come home I know my partner appreciates me because they always have this dinner ready for me or they they have a cup of tea ready for me when I get in or maybe you've been at work all day and then you come home and the dishwasher's been filled I feel like this is a lot of like mother's love language maybe um or even things like okay let's just say your car is broken down and you don't have time to get it fixed or you need new tires on your car you don't have time to get them replaced and then you come home and your partner says oh I brought your car and I got this done for you because I know it's going to save you some time it could be that you really need a CV doing up your partner says look like I'll sit down and I'll help you do up the CV it's these acts of service that it kind of alleviates stress maybe from your partner's day and then they feel appreciated because you've taking the time to say you know what don't worry I'm going to take some of this burden and this stress off of you by helping you out with it um I actually I really do like that love language I think it's a very important thing and I think people kind of overlook it sometimes you can come home and tell your boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife or whoever that they're the most beautiful person in the world a million times but sometimes you could have just hoover the floor <laughs> and they would just appreciate it a lot more they'd realize that like you've actually done something to help them out um this is I just think it's so interesting because people really really do speak different love languages the final love language is physical touch and that kind of entails all things like I mean from I guess uh kisses cuddles all the way through to just you know in the day-to-day you could be at a work event with your partner and you might just you know give them a you might just like touch their lower back for a second or hold their hand while you're walking down the beach or you might just give them a kiss on the forehead um, there's so many extremes to the physical touch thing it's not just like the extreme intimate kind of sides of physical touch Um, a lot of people it might just be that you stroke their hair or something while you're out or when you're lying in bed people really do feel so close I think um, with things like physical touch because I mean obviously you don't go around just having physical touch with just anyone you know I think it is one of the most intimate things out there and I think people do definitely value that as a love language Um, sometimes you know I feel like a lot of people might have arguments because over things such as like oh we never we never just cuddle together we never just sit on the couch and like cuddle and watch a movie or whatever because you're always busy working you're always just hoovering the house you're always cleaning doing the car you're always at work or whatever but it's like these things are so small but if you just take your time out of your day to spend 20 minutes maybe just yeah cuddling with your partner on the couch it could just make all the difference for them um to refer back to what I was saying earlier about your love language um while it's really important to understand your own love language in a relationship it's almost more important not more important but it it's equally if not more important to understand what your partner's love language is because you could be you you could think your love language could be words of affirmation so you could be telling your partner a million different compliments every day and while that's really nice and while that might be something you appreciate if their love language is acts of service a million words you say might not even come close to just maybe doing something for them out of your day, cooking them dinner, um, giving them a dig out with X, Y, and Z. That could just that could be mean a lot more to them. I genuinely think that like a big place where kind of people go wrong in their relationships is that they don't bother to learn what their partner's love language is, or they don't kind of get to understand it. And like that's absolutely fine. A lot of people don't actually know this whole thing exists, but it, like I said, it's something so small that once you do. I feel like it really is a game changer in your relationships. If you were to take words of affirmation, love language, for example, um, your partner might really appreciate hearing these kind words and they might think, okay, you know what? 
if if you told someone you love them all the time and how great they are they'll really appreciate that but then in turn something to think about is that if you are to give your partner harsh criticizing words that could actually be a lot more detrimental to them than it could be to the average person because they value these appreciative words so much that if you turn around and say I hate you or I can't believe you did x y and z and it was you're so selfish and all these harsh things it can really actually affect them a lot more and I think that's one of the most interesting things about these love languages is that if you actually look at them in reverse there's a lot of things you could be doing that could be harming your partner and you don't even realize it god I feel like it's getting real deep real quick (laughs) but I just I really really feel like people need to hear this the book kind of goes on to talk about in the words of affirmation section about how um if you're in an argument with someone it can be so much easier to diffuse it if you just use kind words soft words um in every relationship not just one where words of affirmation is a primary love language um but it says a soft answer turns away anger and I do think that's true if your partner's angry with you and you decide to just start fighting fire with fire it's just gonna make the situation worse whereas if you just turn to them and just say look I hear you and I want to resolve this and I might not agree with you but I think we can sit down and come to some sort of understanding with each other I think the comprehension the communication and comprehension can just be a lot better once you understand this the book also says that love doesn't keep a score of wrongs love doesn't bring up past failures um and I just I really really love that I genuinely think that a lot of people waste a good day by holding on to the wrongs of yesterday and I think people could have these arguments and I mean this doesn't just go for your like romantic relationships this is every relationship in your life you can ruin a perfectly good day, a fresh start by bringing up the failures of the past. People are human and I, I think it's just... Anyway, that's a whole other thing I could get into. <laughs> Maybe my next podcast. The book says, When I have been wronged by my spouse and she has painfully confessed it and requested forgiveness, I have the option of justice or forgiveness. If I choose justice and seek to pay her back or make her pay for her wrongdoing, I am making myself the judge and she the felon. Intimacy becomes impossible. If, however, I choose to forgive, intimacy can be restored. Forgiveness is the way of love. I am amazed by how many individuals mess up every new day with yesterday. They insist on bringing into today the failures of yesterday, and in doing so, they pollute a perfectly, potentially wonderful present. And I think that's just one way that words of affirmation can be used in relationships to kind of just just to learn new things and just to be able to communicate better. I think it's just something everyone should implement, even if it's not necessarily your partner's main main need or love language one more thing i just want to read you from that uh, chapter because i just think it's really nice it says the best thing we can do with the failures of the past is to let them be history yes it happened certainly it hurt and it may still hurt but he has acknowledged his failure and asked for your forgiveness we cannot erase the past but we can accept it as history we can choose to live today free from the failures of yesterday forgiveness is not a feeling it is a commitment it is a choice to show mercy not to hold the offense up against the offender forgiveness is an expression of love I love you, I care about you, and I choose to forgive you. Even though my feelings of hurt may linger, I will not allow what has happened to come between us. I hope that we can learn from this experience. That is just like some examples, I think, of like ways you can implement words of affirmation, kind words, um, and everything into your relationships, I suppose. Um, the way that the next chapter about quality time starts off is by a little story. Um, and the story is about how, well, I suppose it's not even necessarily a story, but everyone can actually probably... <laughs> understand this scenario you've probably all been in it if you go for coffee or dinner or something with say with your friends your partner whoever and you look around the room you see different couples you see couples sitting holding hands looking into each other's eyes talking enjoying dinner together enjoying the experience and then you could look to the next table and you see a couple sitting there on their phones together and I mean don't get me wrong 
every dinner you go out to is not going to be the most romantic, candlelit, hand-holding, incredible, magical um, event. But I do think there's something to be said for the fact that people these days really, they go for these gorgeous experiences with their partners or their friends and they just sit there on their phones the whole time. It's just, it's a wonderful experience and it's a bit of time you both have to share the exact same moment on this universe. But instead you just choose to sit at your phone and ignore each other and not actually have any sort of quality time with them. Um, Like I say, don't get me wrong, I mean, there's plenty of times I've gone out and sat on my phone and sometimes that's the only bit of you time you might get, I suppose, but... I do think it's something to be said for just making a conscious effort to just sit with each other when you go out for dinner. That's that's one thing I think everyone should implement. At least once in a blue moon when you go for dinner, you go for a walk or you do whatever, have a movie night. Just give your partner their undivided attention and I just, I think it would make a huge difference. When you sit with someone, say, say you sit with someone over dinner and you give that person 20 minutes of undivided attention, you're giving that person 20 minutes of your life. There is actually, when you break it down, there's no better gift. There's nothing more beautiful and nothing more, no better gift that you can give someone than to just give them your time and to just sit with them. Um, It's a very powerful communicator of love, I think. And for example, both of you are there at that same time. That's 20 minutes of your life that you're choosing to give each other. You don't get that back. And I, I think it's, a, I think people underestimate that, that kind of impact. Some examples the book gives is saying, of different ways you can spend quality time with someone is um spending time playing games like with your kids or going on a picnic with your partner or like I said when you come home at night sit down and talk to them and ask them about their day meet people for lunch when you have a lunch break going for a walk and just chatting to them and then I mean obviously these are a bit more elaborate but spending a weekend away with them sometimes just the two of you you don't always have to be with others um give your undivided attention to your person I think as well with communication in these scenarios is it a lot of people kind of tend to listen just to respond. They don't actually listen to understand. And I think that's a lot of, that's a big downfall for people is that if your partner or whoever is sitting with you and they're telling you about their day, don't just listen just to give back that generic response. Actually listen to what they're saying and appreciate it and take in what they're saying to you and then respond. Don't just, don't just let what they're saying roll over your head and just respond to get the conversation out of the way you know you really sit and take that time with people I think it makes a huge difference sorry I'm realizing this whole podcast is me going these things just make a huge difference these make I am not a like (laughs) I'm in no position to give people this advice by all means you do not have to take it I just sharing what I kind of read in the book and I it, it resonated a lot with me and ever since I've implemented these things I feel like I'm having more fruitful relationships I feel like my relationships are getting stronger with people um I just want to share this because I do really genuinely feel like it could help people um when it comes to the next love language of receiving gifts like I kind of explained earlier people do have a misconception I think about this being like oh I need diamonds and expensive jewelry and designer clothes and holidays and like again that's absolutely fine maybe that is some people's love language and that's absolutely fine too (laughs) um but I just I feel like it's important that people understand that it's it's not just about that it's it's the little smaller things like I said that just remind people that you thought about them throughout your day the book actually kind of compares love languages to languages all over the world and how say you spoke English and someone else speaks Spanish I don't know say say neither of you speak the same language and you're trying to communicate um, you're never really going to communicate fully enough until you learn to understand each other's language. You'll never get that full connection until you can understand each other fully and each other's language. And I think love languages are kind of like that too. 
And I think the book kind of goes on to talk about how gift giving might be a love language that actually transcends these different understandings. Because even if you don't speak the same language, if you give a gift to someone, you are almost sure to feel appreciated. It's a surefire way of showing someone that you appreciate them. A gift is something that you can hold in your hand and say, oh, this person was thinking of me or oh, she remembered me. Um, you have to think of someone to pick up a gift and give it to them, you know. Um, it doesn't actually matter how much it costs, but it, it, it matters that you thought of them. And also, a kind of interesting thing about all of this is that, like, sometimes for your partner's love language, you do have to get out of your comfort zone. Let's say, let's just say you're the kind of person that finds it kind of hard to spend money on other people or things that aren't necessary. But if your partner's love language is gift giving, a, t- a small gift every now and then, it might not break the bank, but it will. It's such an, an amazing investment. Look at it as an investment because you're investing in your partner's love tank. You're investing in your relationship. It's not just money down the drain. It it is really an investment. And like I said, I mean the the greatest, the actual greatest gift you can give someone on this earth is the gift of yourself, your presence. An interesting activity I feel like people can do is, let's just say, okay, you map out these five love languages. You pick. For the next five weeks, you, okay, here's a little secret if you've got this far on the podcast they're turning it off. <laughs> you don't have to tell your partner about this or your relationship with your, you don't have to tell your person about this. For the next five weeks, pick one of these love languages, do one a week, implement them and just see how your partner's love, la- love tank gets full and just see what kind of sparks their interest, what makes them happy. And I guarantee you after these five weeks, your relationship will be at least a tiny bit stronger. I really, really do. Um, I hope I don't sound like I'm trying to give people advice here. If you you don't want to take it, you really don't have to. Um, But for example, like week one, you could, you might go by the shop and you might see their favorite chocolate. Pick it up for them. Week two, make an effort to tell them something you appreciate about them every single day. Week three, you might clean their car for them. Week four, you might... um, just sit with them and cuddle with them on the couch while you watch a movie and then week five what's the last love language <laughs> quality time you might um I don't know go for a hike with them or do you do one of their favorite activities with them and just see which one kind of sparks their interest I actually think it's a really interesting thing as well the way that humans will respond to this it's very interesting to me and I think you probably would find it really interesting too if you implemented it you'd be like oh my god it's true like people like my partner's responding to this it, it is a madness kind of thing I think <laughs> The next um, love language acts of service. Um, there's a lot of kind of layers to this, I feel. Like I said, I already kind of explained what it is in terms of like doing these things to help your partner out. But I think there's a bigger, there's more of like a complex kind of layer to it in terms of like, like I said, if you, if, if your partner's love language was acts of service and you weren't doing anything to fulfill that love tank, that can feel a lot harsher on them than it might on the average person. Um. A lot of people, sometimes they don't want to have to ask you to do these things. Say say your love language is acts of service. You might not want to actually have to ask your partner to do these things. You just think, oh, but I just want him to do it. It's like the whole thing of like, oh, I want flowers, but I don't want to have to ask for them because it, it ruins the, <laughs> the romance of it. Um, and I think that people kind of forget that like you can request these things of your partners. A demand, okay, a demand is like, it's too much, I guess. <laughs> But you can request these things. You can just sit down with your partner and just say, look, like, I really, really appreciate when you do things around the house. And it, it is so nice that when I don't have to ask or it's so nice when you decide to pick me up from work out of the blue and you don't tell me. It, it, it's just such a meaningful thing to me. The book says that requests give direction to love, but demands stop the flow of love. 
So like I said, you don't have to demand things. Don't let it get to the part of an argument where you're saying, oh, I hate you. You never do this for me. You never do that for me. You never help me out. You never just do random things for me because to help me out. It, it would mean so much, but you never do it. You can just sit down with them and be like, look, I would really, really appreciate it if you would just keep doing this. You could give an example of a time they did it before and just be like, oh, I really, really appreciate when you cleaned my car last week. And if you could do that again every once in a blue moon, it would mean the world to me. Um, you can just communicate these things. The final love language, like I said, is physical touch. Um, and I really, really, really actually enjoyed this chapter because it talks kind of not just about like physical touch, but about like why humans and why all animals have this instinct say for example in a in a time of crisis (laughs) your kind of instinct for most people is to just hug the other human being that's going through this hard time um people need to feel loved in these moments and I think a lot of for a lot of people the easiest way to show that love and to give someone your love is just a physical touch a hug a kiss a, a hand you know it's I think it's just it's one of the most natural indicators of love um, and again, if you kind of look, flip it the other way, if you think about relationships that have ended because one of the partner cheats on the other, or one has an affair, or one has like a physical affair with someone else, let's just say, um, that can hurt people so much because it's like, if you're in a relationship with someone, these, I mean, you know, you might, your relationship might have different boundaries, of, of course, it's just a standard idea. But for you to be in this sort of intimate relationship with someone else when you've made a commitment to someone can actually hurt them so much more because it's like it's something that you would expect to only have with that person with that person in your relationship. So when your partner's experiencing these things outside of your relationship, it can hurt a lot more. Um for someone, especially for someone whose love language is physical touch. I think that's an example of a time when not only could your partner's love language be empty, it could actually be completely just destroyed because um if you're the kind of person that needs physical touch to have a full emotional love tank someone cheating on you could just completely kill that love tank entirely um because it does I mean it's a painful thing when you make a decision to spend time with someone and to be in a committed relationship with them for you to cheat just I don't know that would hurt even most people not just people whose love language is physical touch yeah like I said I mean for the most part I think physical touch it doesn't just have to be the most extreme parts of being a relationship it doesn't have to be like kissing like all the time it doesn't it, it literally could be something as small as just taking your partner's hand when you're out for a walk um can make a world of difference to someone whose love language is physical touch okay i think i'm gonna leave this episode there because there's a lot more i can say but i don't want to put it all in one podcast and also if you're like me and your attention span doesn't last longer than a tiktok video um probably 30 minutes is enough i really enjoy talking about kind of love and things to do with it because it just interests me and I I just think it's the most it is the most beautiful thing to love people in this life like I know that sounds so sappy but it is such a amazing thing and it to be loved is such a compliment and to be able to feel love as an emotion is such an amazing thing a lot of people you can become jaded I think I think what it comes down to is if you think about your very first love that you ever had your first relationship when you before anyone has ever hurt you you could be like nine years of age eight years of age you start going with someone primary school but you just go into that so open-minded and like you've never been hurt before so you don't you don't have walls up you're not jaded about love and I just think I just I just think it is if you still have that perception if you still feel like you can give love to people it is such a beautiful thing and 
I think people are very afraid to love these days and rightfully so people you, you can't get hurt you can really get your heart broken but I think if you're able to have that resilience and pick yourself back up and say you know what my capability to love will not be ruined by someone else's inability to understand my worth I just think it's a really beautiful thing and I think if you can love do it if you love someone tell them I'm probably just going to start getting really sappy so like I said I'm going to end it here fulfill your partner's emotional love tanks friends do what I said about that pick a different love language each week see how your love how your partner's love tank fulfills um I would love 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 to hear feedback so yeah um if you made it this far in the podcast you are a real one you're amazing I am so appreciative for that and yes hopefully I'll talk to you soon I will um think of some more ideas for the next podcast I'll probably upload maybe once a week I don't want to make any promises because like I said my YouTube <laughs> career is uh, quite short-lived but over a very long period of time because I uploaded randomly every once to blue moon but like I said I'm gonna definitely try and be consistent with this and yes thank you again for listening bye